What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Bash Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Chandler. This over here is my co-host, Jordan Harris. We are the Bash Brothers, the only podcast where it's like sitting back with your friends talking sports, life, everything in between. Jordan, how are you feeling on this Sunday, brother? Doing good. Just came from the gym. Have to get off this uh, high I got from one of those burgers your dad cooked. I was feeling pretty heavy this morning, but man, we ate a ton. I yeah, mean, I I tweeted it last night from our from the podcast. You can follow us right there on Twitter at B Brothers Pod. That's at B Brothers P O D. I am exhausted. It was a late one. There was great football, sun up to sundown. We got to run through it all. So if I sound a little groggy, just give me some time. I'll get my feet under me. And like a couple weeks that we've done, I think we got to start with the Crimson Tide here. Oh, Alabama. They did not roll as heavy as they have been rolling, but they, they still got the dub. So Alabama rolls into rolls into Jacksonville. Gainesville. Um, Gainesville, sorry. I'm used to us playing them in Jacksonville. And let's be honest, not what we or many people expected. You know, we did yeah. the poll, and uh, it was obviously heavy Bama. I think everybody predicted Bama. We both picked Bama. Yep. Uh, I had Bama by 15. You had them by three touchdowns. We were both yeah, very wrong. Very wrong. Um, somebody even tweeted to the podcast and said Bama by 40. <laughs> it was very, very wrong. Very wrong. Um couple of storylines here. Okay, so I think we have to say off the jump, right? What is college football doing this in these three weeks? Like, nothing. Who's good? Who's bad? Is our teams just sleeping through games? Like, you know what I'm saying? There's so many questions to be had. Yeah. So take everything with a grain of salt here because next week, you know, we'll have even more chaos and we won't know even more about oh, yeah, what's going for on. for sure. But I got to call a spade a spade here, right? Right. Bryce Young in the offense played really well. They did. I think I think you can't disagree with that. It'd be tough to disagree with that, right? Alabama's defense looked pretty bad. Yeah, I would say that. Florida's defense looked pretty good. Against a, against a good off compared to what they were looking. Oh yeah, compared to well, especially compared to what they were last year right. too. Besides one errant throw by Emory Jones, Florida's offense looked pretty good. Yeah, I mean I have to say that. I think one thing Bryce Young played like the Heisman candidate. We think he did. We think he is. I think the environment got to him a little bit. We saw a few shaky throws out of him. For so sure, I agree with that. Yeah, Bama looked human, right? Definitely. Florida gashed Bama with the running game badly, especially with the running quarterback. I mean, badly. Yes. And you have to question if you had Anthony Richardson healthy and in the game, what could Florida have done? We won't ever know. Emory Jones played in the passing game like Emory Jones plays in the passing game. Very inconsistent. See, I think he played pretty well. I mean, to to, to be in the football game at the end right there, going for what I would call one of the worst play calls of yesterday, that two-point conversion, just doing a, an option read up the middle. What do you call middle. that delayed read option? Like he just that, kinda, No, like, that was Emory Jones being very indecisive. <laughs> Neither of the guys would have made it, though, probably. Which, if he just hands it off off the rip, Maybe you give the running back a chance to get in there. But let's be honest. You're in a football game with Alabama, yeah. who I think everybody has Alabama and Georgia right now in a league of their own. Most yeah, analysts and fans that. would have that, right? And you got it to the possibility where you're about to time and take it to overtime oh, yeah. in your own home oh, yeah. with all the momentum. Because, yeah. I mean, you were – I mean, you're down at halftime, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It's a seven-point game in the fourth quarter and oh, yeah. then an eight-point game. I mean, you know – Everything's looking good for you. Oh, it was for sure. And, I mean, the swamp was jumping. I mean, give it to Florida's fans. They stood there till the very end. I think Florida – I think from what I've seen a lot of, a lot on Twitter, too, some Florida fans had this participation trophy idea. Like, 
we only lost Alabama by two points. Let's be honest, you played great. You still lost. However, I would say that is a win, though. It is a win to some. I mean, the AP poll gave them a win. I think that's what I'm saying. The, to but, me, the storyline coming out of this, and I'm, I've I have sung Alabama's praises from the jump. I'm completely unbiased, but I just have to be honest. I don't think it's Alabama played a great game. Which you have to say this: winning matters. Oh, 100%. Winning matters over everything. Alabama went in on the road in a hostile environment and got the win. Oh, yeah. End of story, right? Oh, for sure. But we're analysts, so we got to dig a little deeper. I don't think it's Alabama looked great. I think it's Florida played a very good ball game. They did. Versus an incredible team on paper. Right. And from what we've seen in two weeks, which let's be honest, that Miami loss looks worse and that Miami win looks worse and worse as we go. That's very true. And then they beat Mercer and they were kind of sleepy in the first quarter. But I think the storyline is. And it's backed up by the AP poll, the fact that Florida didn't move. It's that Florida looked pretty good. Yeah. And I got I mean, the question to me has one of three possible answers. Is Alabama more human than we thought? Did Florida pay, play well above their pay grade for this one game? Or is it a little bit of both? I have to go with a little bit of both. Yeah. I think that was the first time you had seen a freshman quarterback in a hostile environment very hostile environment. still hasn't trailed yet you right. know still hadn't really felt a ton of pressure because as well as florida i think did play on defense you know going in the reason that i had alabama scoring 15 over and the reason you had three touchdowns for bama was florida's defense is really bad yeah right you're giving up 20 plus points to usf so forth and so on right. fau that's not very good let's be honest and i mean they held bama's offense to 31 which yeah. is the lowest i think they've scored all season and it's just a good, hard-fought, competitive SEC matchup. It is. It's a really good SEC game. We're going to have to see a lot out of these two teams moving forward. Alabama obviously still has to play Auburn and uh, Ole Miss. Florida gets Georgia in Jacksonville at neutral site game. So we're going to see what the team, what like kind of the storyline of this game moving forward. Yeah. To me, the narratives coming out is Alabama looks a little bit more human. Yep. Still great. Still a great win, especially right. on the resume that now Miami, I would say, is kind of off the resume. Yeah. Like, Miami just looks worse and worse. Like, that win just looks like a, a, yeah, you should have beat the fool out of them. Right. I think Florida looks even better. So, if you continue on down the line, if Florida keeps winning and you beat them, you would look better, whoever your team may be. Um, to me, Bryce Young is still very much in the Heisman race. Yeah. I mean, oh, he yeah, looked good. Sure. 22 of 35, two touchdowns. I mean, uh, 240 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. That's a great day in a, in a hostile environment great on your opponent's field. Yep. And, uh, yeah. So, moving – and, again, like – I never thought we would be sitting here saying Alabama barely won to Florida. Oh, never. And yet chaos ensues, and here we are. Yeah. But uh, you want to segue to another Heisman candidate that's been a huge disappointment this year so far? I'm thinking you're talking about the Rattler because, yeah, yeah. let's go there. Take us to it. So, yeah, uh, Nebraska came in Oklahoma, played Oklahoma there. Great uh, scene in that anniversary game. Though. Oh, yeah, the for uniforms, sure. The uniforms, the, the spectacle, the scenery – Fantastic. Fox kills it as always. But let's there. be honest. Oklahoma on paper should have dominated this game. Oklahoma in the game won by a touchdown. Spencer Rattler was only 24 of 34. Still fairly consistent, but 24 of 34, 214 yards, only one touchdown. A QBR of 79.3. Yeah, not a Heisman performance, especially with the, the, the Heisman candidates and winners we've seen in the previous years. Baker Mayfield, Joe Burrow, Mac Jones. He's just not in that same conference. But Oklahoma still gets away with the win. I would call it a squeak by win, especially since it was Nebraska and only a touchdown favorite or a touchdown win. But that interception by Oklahoma close to the end 
has to go on record. Play, probably, one of the plays of the year, for yeah, sure. Yeah, one of the best yeah. interceptions of all time, probably. I mean, it was incredible. Incredible. Full extinction, OBJ, and yes, hats off. Give that man a helmet sticker if you're passing him out. But, again, we, we, we try so hard not to overreact to these things, right? Right. But we have now seen an Oklahoma team struggle against Tulane at home yep. that Ole Miss absolutely boat raced, yep. had 61 points in the third quarter against them. So we and, and that's one of the things that the committee looks at, right? Oh, yeah, Comparable sure. opponents, right? We've now seen them play a poor Nebraska team, which Nebraska's not terrible. Oh, yeah. Right? They've got two wins also under their belt. They lost a, a sleepy game on week in week zero to Illinois yeah. that they should have won. But I think you just ha- I think the narrative has to become that Oklahoma's just not that good. And I yeah. say that in a grand in the grand scheme of things. Are they good compared to Minnesota, yes, you know what right. I'm saying. I'm just throwing out a team. I'm talking about playoff pitcher, playoff caliber teams. The number one team in the nation. What we thought they were. At the we we of the did. Season. You've heard and us. We sung not. their praises. We thought they were the number one preseason team. And I mean, and it starts with. I mean, people can point to the defense. Yeah. And I get that. That's obviously a problem. Oklahoma looked really like they were kind of coming back on defense last year, but I mean, Spencer Rattler. Playing like he's playing is just not good enough it's to be not. what he's supposed to be. And let's be honest, Oklahoma most likely last chance of the Big 12 to get into a playoff picture. They are the last, I think, the last undefeated team besides Oklahoma State, who is just. I think they'll be ranked. I think they are ranked now in this new AP poll. Correct? They are. They're that. No, no. Oklahoma State is Oklahoma still State unranked. Did not make it right. But their last undefeated team besides Kansas State is unranked. Kansas State. That's what I was thinking of. But yeah, I mean, they're the last undefeated team in this conference essentially i mean i don't see oklahoma getting out alive as far as being undefeated and run the table i think they'll match at least one loss on the table and I, to me in this big 12 if you lose one especially late in the year i don't think you have enough juice to push yourself in so big 12 undefeated is baylor kansas state oklahoma oklahoma state tcu and texas tech and out of all those okay. teams i mean they're going to cannibalize each other oh, obviously yeah, that's sure. what interconference play does but, yeah, I, I see a loss for every one of those teams. Yeah, at least I think one. Oklahoma trips up somewhere. You have to believe that. You can't think they're going to run a Big 12 gauntlet where they pretty much play, you know, eight – I think they play eight conference games in the Big 12 and yeah. think that they're just going to run the table playing like they're playing. Not winning by one score against Nebraska and one score against Duke. No, like you're, you're going to slip it. up against somebody. I mean, every year that we talk about it, they lose to a Kansas State or, a you know, Oklahoma State will get them somewhere down the line. So – Man, from uh, let's keep the segue going from one disappointing quarterback to another disappointing team, and I say this as a Georgia fan who would love for Clemson to mollywop everybody. Yeah, Clemson goes and plays Georgia Tech at home. Right, massive rain delay, which has to be taken into consideration. Right, oh, for sure. You're amped up. The juices are flowing. We've played sports. We know what it's like right before game time. Right, and then you pretty much say, "Okay, go sit down for three or four hours and chill." Yeah. So I don't doubt at all that that has a that that has a an effect on the game. But Clemson escapes, and I say that honestly, sincerely. Georgia Tech we beats them fourteen to eight. DJ goes eighteen to twenty five for one hundred twenty six yards. He averaged five pass five yards a pass, yeah. which isn't great versus Georgia Tech. No, not at all. And I mean, yeah, we literally see Georgia Tech score fourteen uh, three. Georgia Tech scores with about a minute left. Yeah. Kick the onside kick, get it, and then they go down there and they they go fourth and goal, try to get the win. They didn't get it. Clemson, you know, give them right. credit. They both are back, get the defensive stand. But 
again, what is football doing? What on earth is Clemson doing? I don't know. I mean, Georgia Tech obviously is is a bottom feeder in the ACC at this point, right? They're a bottom feeder I mean, in college football. Oh, like, yeah, I'm not saying sure. that as a Georgia fan. I'm just being honest. They're yeah. not a good football team. One and two now. Before going in, before coming in and playing Clemson, they're one and one, right? 22-21 loss against Northern Illinois, and then a 45-17 win against Kennesaw State, which, I mean, it's Kennesaw State, right. let's be honest. I mean, Clemson Good old Georgia this. team. Yeah. Clemson won this on the back of Shipley, who ran 21 carries for 88 yards. Not a good average at all. No. But he scored. He got in the end zone twice, which is the only reason Clemson even won this ball game. Yep. You know, we were wondering, obviously, Georgia's defense is suffocating. We thought that was probably a big issue with Clemson on offense that game. But Clemson's offense has not really gotten going at all this season. And see, it's one of those questions. It's just it's the same thing with Oklahoma, right? Right. We look at Clemson now and we go, okay, are they just sleepwalking? Are they, is it a, is it a rollover from, like, you know, they talk about the Alabama rollover, right? Like uh-huh. Alabama beats the fool out of somebody and they never, they just crumble from there. Did Georgia do that to them? I did. Yeah. I mean, are they just not good? Yeah. I mean, that's at home. It's not like you went to that high school stadium that Georgia Tech plays in and struggled to beat them. Right. You, you just struggle. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you do. And like, I don't want to overreact on this microphone and be like, Clipson's not a good football team in the grand scheme of things, just like with Oklahoma. But at what point do we start drawing lines in the sand to say, no, Ohio State might not be that good. No, Oklahoma might not be that good. No, Clipson. Like, do we need to see six weeks, seven weeks? Can I I say it next week? I just don't know yet. I do want to give Clemson a little bit of benefit of that. Because like you said, you sat there for seven hours. Right, and that's why I wanted to say that off top. Yeah, you probably could come out a little tight there. They they still didn't look super dominant against South Carolina State last week either. I mean, they won the game handily, but South Carolina State. To me, you've got a hard pill to swallow where you go, DJ's just... At this point, I, he has every intangible to be incredible. Oh, for sure. He is not playing good football. No. And you got to wonder, is it the Trevor rollover effect? Like, is he trying to live up to that hype too much about, I'm the, you know, trying to be the next Trevor Lawrence? Well, he's got a whole line. Taj Boyd, Deshaun Watson, oh, yeah. Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you got a line yeah, of quarterbacks sure. to live up at Clemson. So. I don't know, man. I, again, I, I guess we'll have to see. I want to see a larger sample size before we start making definitive statements. Yeah, But sure. at this point, if I said – Oklahoma's been disappointing. Fact or fiction? Oh, it's fact, 100%. Clemson's been disappointing. Fact or fiction? Oh, absolute fact. Ohio State's been disappointing. Fact yeah, absolute fact. Alabama's been been disappointing. Fact or fiction? Oh, that's 100% fiction. Exactly. <laughs> Georgia's been disappointing. Fact or fiction? Oh, fiction. There's a difference there. Yeah, I mean, there, there really is. is. And you and there are more teams that you can go down the line and say, like, has Michigan been disappointing? No, not at all. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. There's teams, I think, that are creeping up in here. I, we've been telling y'all, chaos has been the theme of this season. Yeah. Chaos continues. Let's go here. Our yeah. our one hope for non-Power 5 conference. Cincinnati. I say one hope. There's a couple yeah. out there. But it's really on Cincinnati's shoulders. They come to Indiana. That place was bumping. Yeah. Cincinnati kind of sleeps early, which I think makes them look even better in the grand scheme of things because oh, they sure. come back and they mollywop uh, Indiana 38-24. Well, let's be honest here. Cincinnati only won one – or not Cincinnati, sorry. Indiana only won one quarter. They went 7 Facts. nothing in the first, and then after that, it's, Cincinnati scored 10, 13, and 15 points in each of the following quarters, and Indiana could only score 17. And it was a complete ball game by oh, for sure. uh, Cincinnati. Run yeah. game, return game, pass game, defense, all phases. And let's be honest, Penix Jr. again, very Struggled. disappointing game. 17 of 40, under 50% uh, completion percentage, 224 yards, two touchdowns, three picks. 
If I'm Indiana, I might be looking for another option at quarterback, honestly. The dude looked great last season, but you got to think that injury last year may be coming back to bite him a little and bit. And we've talked about, man, last year's Indiana team, it was like a flash in the pan, like Cinderella's type season. Yeah, Starting sure. off with a play that, let's be honest, it helped me out because I picked Indiana to beat Penn State like last year week yeah. one. But I don't think Michael Penix Jr. got into that end zone. Yeah. I don't think he broke that yeah. pile on. Yeah, it's very possible. But, I mean, Desmond Ritter, again, a very consistent game. I mean, one-for-one one touchdown interception ratio. but He's just got to manage the game. If he yeah, manages he the game and lets it come to him, he's got the feet to do it. He's got the arm to do it. He's got the talent around him. Cincinnati looks really good. They do. I mean, their biggest test is to come. It is to come. I agree. But, uh, well, if you're Cincinnati, you go home. And you just start praying that Notre Dame handles business against yeah. Wisconsin this oh, weekend. Sure. That's where game day is going. It, and I I think, honestly, that game day is going to that Notre Dame game to get eyes on Notre Dame yeah. to say, let's hype up Notre Dame because here's what we think is going to happen. Everybody thinks Cincinnati will roll up in there and beat them. Yeah. And then that gives, that gives all the juice to Cincinnati. Oh, for sure. I'm going to be honest with you, with all the chaos that's been happening this year especially, if Cincinnati wins that Notre Dame game, should run the table, I, I, don't, I mean, there should not be a scenario where they don't make it in the playoffs. I, this, uh, it just comes down to what do you value, what does Oklahoma do, what do yeah. how do you value an undefeated Cincinnati resume versus, let's say Oklahoma runs the table, a one-loss Oklahoma, a one-loss Ohio State, Oregon's still in there. You know, Clemson is still has only one loss. Yeah, I mean, I agree, but like the thing about it is, like you've been, you've been, we, I, I'm doing it too. I'm like, I'm the same way. We've been talking trash about these group of five teams for years, right? No power fives. No power fives on the schedule. They're doing it now. Cincinnati's scheduled two away power five games. And granted, Indiana's not played what Well, one of them is is, is one of the most prestigious environments in college football. Touchdown Jesus. If you rolled into those two places and beat these teams, especially a ranked Handily, too. It ain't like they struggled against Indiana. Yeah, I mean, they won by 14. Might have been close early, but double, I mean, two two scores. I mean, I I don't see a reason for you to keep them out. I mean, mean, unless there's five undefeated top power five teams ahead of them that, that looked great all season, but... Who's looked great also? You know what I'm saying? You got Iowa and Penn State right now, which I think could sit there and, and get still a spot potentially. But Cincinnati's lined up perfectly. They really to get are. In. They really are. So hats off to, again, coming out of this, I say the storyline has to be Cincinnati looks great. They're handling business. They're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. All eyes are on them. They feel the pressure. They know it's one slip up and done, right? Oh, yeah. And they're handling business. So go from one game to the next incredible scene here in Happy Valley. Oh, yeah. Nighttime, wide out, college like game snowed day. in the bleachers. Oh, I my mean. gosh, yes. Ain't that the truth? Absolutely electric. We had this one on on the 96-inch TV yeah. because we were watching the Georgia game at the same time. Auburn-Penn State, uh, the finals 28-20. Yeah. I think this was what we expected. We, it, it lived up to the bill, right? Oh, for sure. A great football game. Yeah. From sun up to sundown. I mean, just absolutely top notch. Came down to fourth quarter drives like it was everything you wanted it to be. I picked Auburn. Yeah. You also picked I Auburn. Picked Auburn. I've been very high on Auburn. I'll kind of take this one from the jump. I come away from this game saying Penn State looked good. They did. Um, I think Penn State's defense was too high build. I yeah. think Penn State struggled on defense. They did. They ran the football on Penn State's defense like hey, take this and just go five yards and then we'll get another five yards. And then yep. I, here's 12 or 30. It was easy. 
especially yeah. in that second quarter. They opened up the I mean second half. They opened up the second half on like a 16 play, 10 minute drive, and I think Tank Bigsby averaged probably like seven yards a carry, and they yeah. threw they threw the ball like twice. Yeah. Um, Auburn looked impressive. They did to go yeah. into that environment. Uh. I, and I know you're going to go with the Bo, Bo Nix's inconsistent narrative. I think the only thing inconsistent about Bo Nix is his deep ball. I think Very his much, deep yeah. ball struggles. I mean, like he's trying to hit some, 747s in the air. He My really gosh. is, dude. He throws that thing so high. You got to, if you're a plane coming through, you better look out. I mean, you see him throw like good back shoulder throws, yeah. good slants. Uh, I mean, obviously, he's making good reads. He ran the ball really well. To go in that environment and it really felt like Auburn should have won the ball game. Do you agree? Some, I mean, I picked yeah, up. It's easy to say yeah, that. But. I think so. I think this game really comes down to Auburn's secondary's inability to stop Clifford. Hundred percent. The they game. gashed those tight ends. Gashed Auburn down like yeah. twenty yards down the middle all and, night long. And I mean, you got to look at this. I mean, Clifford he threw a pick, but he was twenty-eight for thirty-two. I mean, that's an insane completion Great. percentage. Yes. Penn State really couldn't run the ball. Kane was the lead rusher with 19 carries on 45 yards and a touchdown. Not great. Auburn ran the ball extremely well. But here's the thing about it. When you run the ball, you run clock. And when you're behind late in the game, if you can't pass, it's very, very hard to to win the ball game. And Bo Nix obviously just could not peel the top back. Um, Penn State was obviously able to keep them short because of that, which also hurts your run game a little bit because then you can stack the box. I mean, I think I think if Clifford wasn't as consistent as he was in this game, Auburn most likely wins this game pretty easily. But I think that's the big issue. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. The it, it's is listen, Sean Clifford did what he was what he did, and that's great. That's that's your job. But when you're throwing to people, they literally kept highlighting it all night long, right? They put the receiver out there on the replay, yeah. and then they draw the circle around him where there's nobody within 15 yeah, feet of him. You're supposed to hit those throws. You have to hit oh, those yeah. throws. It comes down to Auburn's defenses, or mainly their secondary, because they weren't running on them. You just no. ran that stat. It came with their inability to stop the pass game, which if Auburn cleans up, Auburn still looks really good. Yeah, they do. I mean, but again, too, like, I keep coming back to this too. Bo Nick's inconsistency, especially on the deep ball. Are you going to beat Bama not being able to throw it deep? You're not going to run on them all day. You're not going to run on Georgia all day. I don't know about that not running on them all day. We just saw Florida with a running back core that's not well, near as good as Auburn run okay, Auburn down the throat. Let's swap to Georgia, right? How many how many running yards is Georgia allowed? Yeah, you in ain't going to do. Yeah, no, you ain't going to do that. And that's what I'm saying. Like, and they're Georgia's secondary is their weakest point. The secondary doesn't look super bad. And with the way Bo Nix is throwing. I mean, you should really have a field day on defense. I, I could agree with that, but I will say this. I think Auburn showed a lot and backed up a lot of what – which I've been high on Auburn, so yeah. obviously I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to champion this flag. They didn't move in the AP poll. They stay, right. they stay right. at 23, which to me shows all the voters. Listen, they went into one of the most hostile environments in college football right? and lost by a score and a two-point conversion and were in the ball game the whole time right. and looked good except for that secondary. Yeah. And and I will say this. Did you ever felt like the moment got too big for Bo Nix? No, I will say that. He, he was he chilling the, the ball, whole, which he is what did. he had to do. And, and I look at that play right there at the end when they, they think they've got the fumble and scoop and score. Uh-huh. He walks up to the line. He said, he was down. Give me the ball. Yeah. And continues to drive. Oh, yeah. And and, and I that's a step in the right direction for them. I think you see them still losing to Georgia. They probably still lose to Alabama, obviously. 
that Texas A&M matchup looks pretty even. Yeah. I mean, I think they are a good competitive team against Arkansas if they play them. I don't, I'm not sure who they, you know, but, yeah, they, they play them there in the West. You get what I'm saying? Like, they looked impressive. They did. And also, you can't take away anything that Penn State did. Penn State, yeah. on a very large scale, with all eyes on them, went out there and handled business. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Penn State looks like the first or second best team in the Big Ten now. Obviously, you got Iowa sitting there that, you know, could be better, but – Auburn and Brian Harson are making a very good step in the right direction for his first year in the SEC. For West. sure, and and there's nobody more excited than Ohio State because Ohio State's like, oh, thank God, there's somebody else that we might could beat to yeah. boost our resume. Because let's be honest, struggling, struggling yeah, bad for sure. The nightcap, incredible game, almost like an instant classic. Literally, I'm watching it through my eyelids, trying to stay awake. I did watch the whole thing. Incredible game. Fresno State, which a lot of people called this upset, yeah, upsets UCLA on the miracle game from Jake Hayner, 39-53, 4.55 and two touchdowns, a 45 seconds left on the clock. He drives down, he's limping, he's on one hip like he's from, like a scene from the natural and absolutely delivers. They almost have to help him off the field. He hits his knees and thanks his God that he freaking threw the touchdown. Yeah. Incredible scene there. I mean, DTR, UCLA played very good. They did. At home. But the narrative has to be Fresno State comes in and gets the win. Is Fresno State undefeated now? No, three and one. Three they and lost one. the Oregon game. That's barely. right. They lost the oh man. Imagine that four and yeah, star. Imagine. Holy cow, he'd be ranked in the top ten. Yeah. Uh incredible game here. And that's why you can't, and we gotta talk about it last. It was the last game of the night. All eyes were on them if you were still up. Jake Hayner is the man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think this comes down to the UCLA just got started too late, right? I mean, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, 14-24, 278 yards, three touchdowns, great game. Scored 20 points in that fourth quarter. But here's the issue with UCLA, seven, three, and seven, another three. Uh-huh. It's very hard to beat a team, especially when they're scoring 17-14 and 14 in two other quarters. But, yeah, I mean, it was such a great game from Hayner, too. Like, it was – I mean, just – just it's the kind of football you like to stay up late and watch. I mean, that's just storybook stuff, man. You watch that game and watch what he did. I mean, absolutely incredible. It reminds me of that UCLA comeback against Texas A&M, the Monday night game that I've referenced oh, yeah, a couple yeah. of times. Even though they never – I don't – they did trail towards the end, obviously. It was 33-31 when they went and, and drove down the field and scored that final touchdown. Or, no, I think it was like they were up four, so they had to score the touchdown. And, man, I mean, he literally – I don't know if that dude's hip's not broken. Like, I don't know what was going on. He could barely walk, and he drove him down the field. It's I mean, it's grit, like man. something – it's just – it is, man. That kid's got the heart of a champion. There's not a ton to say here because in the grand scheme of things, the only playoff narrative is that UCLA lost. Yeah. The Pac-12 looks even worse. Right. And Oregon's the Pac-12's only hope. Yeah, I agree. If Oregon slips – It'll be the same thing as last year. The Pac-12 will be out. You right. agree? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, they, they just don't look good enough to hold a team in. I think I think Oregon's one saving grace is that Ohio State win was huge. So, they may consider here and slip in if they lose a game close. Possibly. But, yeah, I mean, I, it's going to be very close to them being out if they lose. Yeah, I don't want to jump to that conclusion necessarily, but the Pac-12's only undefeated team left is Oregon. Yeah. And uh, as good as that win at Ohio State is – there's a lot of, t- I mean, there's there's so many teams battling for spots. I mean, you've got a lot of undefeated teams left. It's, it's. I think there's 22 Power Five conference teams left. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. So that was six solid games there, 
And you know what time it is, bro. I think our new favorite thing to do. I'm going to take a couple deep breaths before we get into this. Old, the old tennis match here. So what we're about to do, we call this quick hits, a two-minute offense. We're about to run through about ten games that happened this weekend very quickly. We're going to go back and forth here. Battle style. We might even freestyle them. Can you make it rhyme? Probably not. Probably not. All right, not. let's start here. I will go first. A Friday night matchup, Louisville, UCF, 42-35 upset. Holy cow, you're defending 2017 national champions, he says sarcastically. Goes <laughs> down to Louisville, who honestly, aside from a pretty rough loss to Ole Miss in uh, game one there, has looked pretty good. Dylan Gabriel injured on the last play of the game. He says he's going to keep going. We'll find out. Go ahead. Uh, number four, Oregon here. Number four, Oregon taking on Stony Brook at home. Not a whole lot of talking points here, but Stony Brook did, did lead this game for a little bit. Scored seven in the first quarter, but after that, Oregon just took over. Takes away a 48-7 win. Not really a whole lot to talk about here stat-wise, but Anthony Brown did go 14 for 18, so very impressive day in the completion percentage department. Uh, 159 yards and one touchdown. Let's jump over here to Texas A&M, a little SEC West Dark Horse versus New Mexico. Get the win and the shutout, 34-0. Isaiah Spiller with a big day, 117 yards, 15 carries, and a touchdown. And let's be honest, Calzada looked pretty efficient getting it done in there in the backup job. Yep, we're going to shoot on over to uh, Ohio State here. Number nine, Ohio State takes on Tulsa at home. 41 to 20, kind of a, I mean, obviously a three touchdown win for Ohio State, but I say it's kind of scary. CJ Stroud, 15 for 25, 185 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Not really sure there how he's doing. He's definitely not the highest contender we thought he was at one point in time, but. Yeah, other than that, I mean, 21-point victory for the Buckeyes. Big game out of Travion Henderson, though, with three touchdowns. Jumping over to number 12, Notre Dame. Big game coming up this week versus Purdue. Little sleepy there early, but get the job done, 27-13. Maybe looking a little ahead. Jack Cohn completes it halfway, 15 for 30, 223 yards, and two touchdowns. But get the job done, ultimately. All eyes will be on you next week. Game day's coming to your city, pal. Yep, number 15, Virginia Tech rolls in the un unranked. West Virginia takes the L here, 21-27. to I'm going to start learning how to not pick against West Virginia at home when they're the points favorite or when they're the uh, points favorite from Vegas. I don't know why I keep doing that. Uh, Burmeister for Virginia Tech, 19-31, 223 yards, two touchdowns. Doge, Doge, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but anyway. Doge for West Virginia, 15-25, 193 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Virginia Tech tried to make the late game comeback. Could not finish it out, so they are taking the L at West Virginia. Large upset there, adding to the chaos. Late night game here, Ole Miss versus Tulane. Holy cow, Ole Miss's offense. 61 points in the third quarter. Unfortunately, that's all they would get. That unfortunate is also a sarcastic uh, term there. 61-21, Mount Corral goes for 23-31. and 31, 335 yards with three touchdowns, continuing that little Heisman candidacy there. Ole Miss continues to roll over the green wave. Got a top 25 matchup to round out the night. Number 19, ASU, rolls into number 23, BYU. BYU keeps rolling, wins 27 to 17. Jaron Hall looks a little human today, this this day. 15 to 27, 214 yards, two touchdowns, but also two interceptions. Arizona State tried to start mounting a comeback in the third quarter, scoring 10 to uh, shutting out BYU. 
Um, but BYU gets the win. Six more points in the fourth quarter makes it 27-17. I want to see BYU play a big game not at home because that is a hostile environment. Rounding out quick hits here, UGA goes and stays at home, opens up SEC play versus South Carolina, gets a little revenge for that upset, 40-13. to Some late-game touchdowns there from Georgia's uh, third and fourth-string defense. JT Daniels goes for 23-31 and as he makes his return, 303 yards, three touchdowns. Dogs on top. Dogs on top. That Pastor Main Burton there was incredible. Hey, they're opening up the offense a little bit. It's pretty to see. I can't wait to see them do it versus a good quality opponent. But that'll do it. Stay tuned next week for another yeah. quick hit. Dude, that really is so much fun. I know we say it every time. I want but... y'all to know how hard it is to not stutter while you're sitting there trying to do this as quick as possible. Because you try to keep the cadence and you try yeah. to like let your voice go, and that is, you know, you try yeah. to like have their flows there. Bro, question of the week, dog. All right. We got a good one this week. And this has some thought to it, and we'll kind of throw a spin on it here, a little caveat. Maybe we'll maybe we'll battle of opinions. Who knows? So this week's question comes from Twitter, and they said, uh, besides the SEC, what is the best conference in college football? So I guess they're assuming that we agree with everybody and say that the SEC is the strongest uh, conference in college football. I assume they mean in terms of getting in the playoff, Probably not top to bottom because that's a whole nother conversation right. to be had. Um, do you think the SEC, in terms of playoff teams, is the best in the in the college football? I think the SEC has the two best teams in the country and the two teams that are most likely to win the playoff. I don't think they have the most playoff contenders. I think that honestly goes to the Big Ten right now. Um, obviously, Iowa and Penn State looking very strong. Penn State with a big win last night at home against Auburn. Looks very good. But you also have to look at Michigan and Michigan State there. They're both undefeated. So, I mean. And Ohio State with only one loss. Ohio State with only one loss. I mean, Still I th- a contender. I think the Big Ten has the most opportunities on the board right now to get into the playoffs. Yeah, I think as we look around the league, and, and to me that's the question, right? It's Big Ten versus SEC at this point. As we look around, we already referenced it. Pac-12 has one uh, undefeated team left, yeah. Oregon. And I think that's probably their only hope. Yeah. I struggle seeing uh, a one-loss UCLA team getting in over a one-loss Oklahoma team. Especially after checking the other Fresno. Right, exactly. And so forth and so on. You could make that statement with a number of things. Uh, Big 12 still has a lot of undefeated teams, but that's because they really hadn't started interconference play just yet. Right. I think that kicked off this week and now will continue. Uh, like we said, we were ever since earlier, I think they have six undefeated teams left, but they're all going to cannibalize each other. Oh, for sure. And let's be honest, those undefeated teams aren't necessarily great teams, no, right? no. Could turn out to be, you know, right. who knows? Kansas State goes undefeated and they're, you know, the fifth-ranked team when it all said and done. Who knows? Uh, Big Ten, you already said it. They look really good. They yep. look really good. Let's jump to the ACC. You know, I don't know. I mean, I mean, Miami's obviously clearly a pretender. Yeah. FSU's a dumpster fire. I hate to say it, but Mike Norvell's just really struggling there. First 0-3 I mean, loss since Bobby Bowden's first season. Yeah, and from what we've seen right now, I don't know, I'm going to have to make Clemson a pretender. I mean, they don't – I mean, they could change my opinion in the next three or four games, but after a tough win against Georgia Tech, i got to go with pretender there as well. I, I have to agree. The only undefeated teams they have now are Boston College and Wake Forest. Yeah. And like I said – you know, maybe we're sitting here in week eight going, holy cow, Boston College just won their eighth game in a row and they're ranked 12th. I don't know. Yeah. But at this point, you have to say the ACC is 
it's just not there. Yeah. So I that eliminates agree. three conferences. So you got a two conference head, right? Right. Let's look at this realistically. At this point, right? This is not future. This is right now. Right. Four contenders in the SEC. That being Georgia, Bama, A and M, and you got to throw Arkansas in there. Right. Big win, still undefeated. They play Alabama. They play A and M. They play Georgia. I think I give a little bit of a nod to Florida right now, but then again, they got to play Georgia too. Right, so that's, uh, right. They'll they'll have their opportunity. I'm just saying those four teams are undefeated. Florida right. now yeah, is yeah. not. I get you. I get you. And they had a swing at the spearhead, right? Right. They took a swing at the at the champion. Yeah. And they missed. I agree. Uh, Big Ten. You you ran through the names. Penn State, obviously undefeated. Michigan, undefeated. Uh, and and looking pretty good. Michigan right. State. Handling business, looking pretty. They looked really good against yeah, Miami too, which I think that's Miami not looking great as well. Um, Ohio State is still in there, and then obviously your highest ranked team at this point, Iowa, right. whose offense needs to speed up a little, but defensively, you know, probably a top three, top four program as yep. they are ranked. Yeah, and I mean, right now, the AP poll coming out today, Iowa, Penn State are the first two teams out. They're five and six. Honestly, I could see an argument for putting Iowa right now at number four over Oklahoma with how shaky Oklahoma's looked. But I mean, then you got the other teams. The other two teams we talked about, Michigan, Michigan State. They're both cracking the top twenty right now. So I mean, I really do think that. I mean, Big Ten is set up really well. And granted, there's going to be some cannibalization there too. But they're set up really well to have the most teams potentially fight for a playoff spot. Yeah, and it is an interesting conversation. So the clear answer is the Big Ten. Yeah. The second conference in college football at this moment is clearly the Big Ten. But it would be interesting if you matched up one through four, one through four, who gets the win. I think at this moment, Georgia and Alabama beats all five of those teams that you mentioned in the Big Ten. Right. What Our questions are, are definitely for me with Texas A&M. Yeah. We have a lot of unanswered questions. Which we'll about g- Ole Miss as well. I forgot about that. Right, yeah, true. Ole Miss. And, yeah, that's true. Well, we named five teams in the Big Ten, five mid. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And in all of these all of these scenarios, we'll get to play out. All yeah. of these people play everybody, right? So, apologies to the Ole Miss fans for kind of forgetting you there. I think, you know, I think as time goes on, Texas A&M will fall. Yeah. I think Arkansas will fall. Right. I think Ole Miss – Probably one loss, but I think they. I think that's the only loss they get, honestly. After, and here's where our old saying: you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, for sure. If Ole Miss plays Alabama yesterday, I think they might beat. Yeah, I have to agree, honestly. Right, because we were we talked a lot during the Alabama Florida game about you know Georgia played Alabama last year, game four. Yeah. Right? So, very similar to what Florida did this year in Game 3. Right. And Georgia almost beats them with a third-string walk-on quarterback who's five foot nine and a bunch of injuries, right? Right. In their own house, yep. albeit. We didn't get them at home. If Georgia played Alabama yesterday, Georgia wins. Yeah. I can confidently say that. I don't know that, obviously. I'm, I'm speculating here, right? Um, the, the Alabama team that played Ohio State in the national championship – would have absolutely decimated Georgia last year oh, yeah. if they got them at that time. Right. So a lot of growth is going to happen. So it's when do you catch these teams? Yeah, that's true. Do you catch them early? Yeah. Do you catch them with some injuries? You know, what, yeah, what's going true. on? So the easy answer is yes. The SEC is the best conference in college football moving forward in terms of the college football playoff. Right. The Big Ten is the clear number two. Yeah. Quick thoughts. Who's number three? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. I go Big Twelve. I'd, yeah, I'd have to go Big Twelve. 
Well, I don't. Yeah, I, overall, Big Twelve. I say I think Oregon is the the is better than any Big Twelve team right now, in my opinion. For sure. Which I will say, Pac twelve. As much as I would say that they're out, all the goals are still in front of them. Oh, right? absolutely. I mean, USC only has one loss, right? And has looked good ever since that tragedy that they had, which uh, lost his, lost their head coach their job, his yeah, job. Yeah, Todd Helton. ASU looked Todd really Helton. good against BYU last night. They didn't get the win, but they only right. have one loss. Yeah. Also, not in conference play. Yeah. UCLA only has one loss. Right. I'll bet Fresno State's a good football team. It's not a high program. Yeah. Right? You don't think dominance when you think about Fresno State. Right. You know what I'm saying? There's still plenty of contenders around. Yeah. But I think I think if I had to rank the top three, I think I throw Big Twelve right there in the in the third spot. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to follow moving forward for sure. There's there's so many things that have to be worked out that will get worked out. Can you remember a time when college football picking in the college football landscape was this unknown? Oh no, this is the first year it has been this chaotic to me. I, I mean, mean, you ever. look at you look at. We were pretty confident last night Boise State was going to smash Oklahoma State. Yeah. They jump up 21-7 to at home, yeah. then they don't score another point. They got screwed on a, on a fumble recovery. Right. They literally got a scoop and score that was called back that was then ruled a fumble, which was a touchdown with three minutes left, which probably wins you the game. Oh, yeah. They also missed a game-tying field goal with two minutes left, which probably wins you the game in overtime. Yeah. Unfortunate there. But college football picking this year is just – Completely unpredictable. Yeah, it's very And with hard. that being said, you know, let's pick some college football yeah, games. Let's just do it. Let's go right into it. Week four is, we'll call it middle of the road. There are a lot of really good football games that right. are just not marquee matchups. Right. A lot of 3-0 and teams going at it. A lot of 2-1 and teams. Maybe not big names, but competitive matchups here. Let's start here. UT, so the University of Texas, and, uh, and Texas Tech. Texas Tech comes in undefeated, I believe. Yeah, 3-9. Uh, we don't have spreads for a lot of these games yet. Vegas is sleeping this week. They, they they were up late, apparently, too. We don't have a lot of spreads here. Where is this game being played at? Being played at long, with Longhorns, so in, in Austin. Listen, Steve Sarkeesian and the guys got whooped in Arkansas. Yeah. They start Casey Thompson late. Casey Thompson yeah. gets the job done. Casey Thompson looks good. Casey Thompson is your guy. Casey Thompson gets the win. Give me Texas by four. Yeah, I got to say, matchup predictor right now has Texas at a 77.6% chance of winning this game. If, as long as they start Casey Thompson, Texas takes this dub. If they start Card again, I don't think they will. I don't think, I think Sarkeesian has learned from his mistakes. And they have announced that Casey, we tweeted about it last week. I tweeted, you know, Casey Thompson gets the start now. We all, yeah. A little too late, a little too late. Yeah, but we'll see. So. But yeah, Casey Thompson on the field. I think Texas takes this dub. I think it's close as well. I think I'm gonna give them six. Texas Tech, who has looked good. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give Texas Texas six points in this game though. That's six a tough one. Te- gonna give Texas six. Yeah. There you go. Love to see it. All right. Uh, undefeated Michigan and Rutgers this, in the big house. Yeah. Michigan, who's looked good. They're ranked twenty twenty third. I think twenty third. They're nineteenth right 19th. now. Nineteenth. The they jumped yep. up. That's right. They were twenty third last week. All right, who you got? Yeah, no point, no point favoring this one, obviously. Yeah, but Michigan in the big house, obviously, eighty-seven point one percent favored against Rutgers. Calzada has played very well, or sorry, not Calzada. McNamara has played very well so far for Michigan. 
I, I got to go Michigan, and honestly, I mean, I, I'm going to get Michigan at least a 10-point win in this one. I think they win pretty handily. I think Michigan rolls, too. I, I mean, listen, Go Blue is, is on right now. They are. That's they're, something they're I didn't think I would say. I mean, 22 Power 5 conference undefeated teams left. Yeah, for sure. And they're one of them, and they're one of them who's looked pretty good. Yeah. Give me Michigan. I actually love your – yeah, give me 10, two yeah. scores, a field goal and a touchdown. Yeah. All right, let's see here. Uh, Kentucky, South Carolina, a little SEC play. Uh, yeah. Two and one versus two and one, I believe. Yeah. No. Well, Kentucky's undefeated. Oh, undefeated. Three and zero. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They did squeak out. There you go. Uh, three and zero. Oh, two and one. Um, I think Kentucky. I think South Carolina has a lot of rollover from Georgia. Doty actually looked pretty good there look, in he garbage threw a good time. Deep ball. He did. Uh, I think he'll probably be he'll probably be the guy now moving forward since he yeah. clearly was healthy enough to play last night. I'm assuming Nolan probably gonna be out for at least a couple of weeks, regardless. Which is hand. interesting that he was able to play. It's maybe that they thought Zeb gave them their best bet to win. Could be, which he did not look as good as Doty to me, in my opinion. I don't think so either. Even though he was going up against the ones, Doty was going up against the twos and threes on defense. There, give me Kentucky. I like it. Kentucky, fast, powerful. Mark Stoops obviously has them playing pretty well. Let's go Kentucky. Yeah, in all honesty, I have to agree here. I'm going to go with Kentucky as well. Obviously, squeaked by Chattanooga, but past that, past that, it looked fairly good so far. Yeah. Um, and obviously, uh, Levis has gotten a few more, a little bit more playing time than Doty, who I assume will start against Kentucky. South Carolina is at home. That's one thing to note. But I'm going to take Kentucky in a close one. I'm going to give them by three. They go in there and silence the rooster, as yeah, everybody needs do. to do. That is so annoying. Stanford coming off of a really big win against USC. UCLA, who's coming off a pretty big loss to to uh, to Fresno State. And let's 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 get it on Pac-12 action. This will be a good win for UCLA to bounce back. Yeah. Who you got? So UCLA's playing at Stanford at home, or Stanford's at home on this one. UCLA is a four-point favorite already. They've already released this one. I, I got to go UCLA in a bounce-back game here. I think uh, Thompson, Robertson, Charbonnet, I think they both have a good game. Bounce back and beat uh, Stanford. I'm going to go with a touchdown win here. I'm going to go UCLA by, UCLA by seven, covering the point spread. Give me the upset. Give me Stanford at home. Stanford looked really, really good against USC. Yeah. I don't think USC is a bad team. I, I think USC is pretty solid. They just got – they got problems. Yeah. And they're working yeah. on solving them problems. James Franklin, you just made a lot of money. Possibly. <laughs> you probably made a lot of money to stay at Penn State if you choose to do so. True. Um, give me Stanford in the upset at home. They beat them by a field goal. Okay. I like it. I like it. Where do you want to go next? Let's go LSU, Mississippi State. Okay. This is an interesting one right here. Yeah. Two and one, two and one. Mississippi State to me has a sleepy game this week. Should have never have lost this week. Especially last week, you beat a pretty good NC State team. Yeah. And then what do you do? You come out and you flop and you lose. Who you got? So, they're going on the road, play Mississippi State at home, Mississippi. Uh, LSU currently is the points favorite at four. Mississippi State is the matchup predictor favorite with 55.8% chance to win this game. I got to go with LSU in this one, honestly. Mississippi State, I don't – Mississippi State look – Fairly bad this weekend. I mean, let's be honest here. They really did. So, I mean, I got to go LSU. I mean, obviously, LSU has had their issues. Lost to UCLA early. But let's be honest, too. UCLA got a tune-up game the week before. I got I me. Mean, I got to give that to, as an um, advantage to UCLA. So, I'm taking LSU in this one. I'm going to give them, honestly, a six-point win. Never thought I would, but I'm with you. Give me minus three. LSU, they'll beat them by a field goal plus. I would, I would even be comfortable with your six there if we were throwing cash on it. LSU, who, like you said, rough game uh, week one versus UCLA, who had a tune-up game. 
looked really bad. Since then, I know they're playing lesser competition, has looked good, and they got a chance to prove themselves here versus Mississippi State, who has looked good. I mean, that's a big win, NC yeah. State is. Yeah. Uh, let's stick in the SEC, and let's go to what I would call a pretty big game here. Yeah. Texas A&M, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. All eyes will be on this one. For game sure. day could have went to this game easily. Yeah, I agree with that. I think if Hayes King is still up and running, game day does go here. But this is a big game. I'll start it off. A&M, Arkansas, where are we playing? Playing at Arkansas. We're playing at Arkansas. Mama's rule of college football. You know it. Yeah. I know it. We know it well. And it's if there's a 50-50 game, you take the home team. Yeah. Home team is Arkansas. I don't even know if it's 50-50. I don't know if Calzada can go into an, to an environment like that. If that place is rocking like it was for UT, yeah. come on now. Wait, are they playing like in Fayetteville? They're playing in Fayetteville. In Fayetteville? Yeah. It's Arkansas. Arkansas gets the job done, minus seven. Yeah. I got. I mean, honestly, the matchup predictor has Texas A&M winning this one a little over 50%, but in all honesty. 50-50 game. Yeah, though. Sam Pittman's got them boys rolling. I think Woo Pig Suey's going to keep They rolling. believe now, too. They do believe. They're bought in that program. I don't think Calzada's good enough to win this game on the road. I think that saves me bumping. I think they're going to be getting hyped up to face Georgia the next week. I'm going to that game, by the way. Can't wait. I, I Yeah, give me Arkansas. I'm going to take them by at least a touchdown. The interesting thing here is, too, is Calzada, you know, he made, when he came into that Colorado game, it was on the road. But yeah. Let's be honest. There's a big difference between the Buffalo – and the Razorbacks in terms of stadium environments. Oh, absolutely. He's going to be walking into a pretty hostile environment. That place is going to be rumbling like it was against UT. Yeah, absolutely. The only thing that worries me, Arkansas can't buy into the noise. Yeah. Arkansas has got to stay humble, got to stay hungry, stay a bottom feeder, stay underdog, and get the job done. Absolutely. One more, I think is, especially after this week, a pretty interesting and historical rivalry in the SEC. Yeah. The checkered board versus the Gator, Tennessee, Florida. Who you got? This is it's not a tough one, but it is a tough one, right? Florida right now is a nineteen. It's and a, half a tough point. one because of the 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 emotions yes. and psychiatrics of football. Florida is a nineteen and a half point favorite. If they had played USF or whoever last week and just played them, I'd, oh, I'd say smash over. Yes. yes, yeah. The the what bothers me in this game is what kind of hangover do you have? From almost yes. beating the best team in the country. With that being said, I still think Florida's the better team. I think they're better in Tennessee. They're playing at home in Gainesville. I think that environment will still come out to play for Florida. I'm going to take Florida, but I'm going to take the under. I think Tennessee scares them early. I think Florida winds up winning by two touchdowns. That is the key for me as well. It's the home, the home crowd will wake them up after a slow start like we've honestly seen a lot of teams do. Slow starts have kind of been a theme this year so far. Florida goes home, gets the job done, bounces back, and they're three and one moving forward and one and one in the SEC. Gotcha. Game of the week. This is it. Game day announces that this is where they're headed. Number twelve, Notre Dame. Number thirteen, Wisconsin. Again, I think the reason game day is going to this scene is because they believe Notre Dame's gonna win, or they're Probably. hoping for it. And next week. Cincinnati and Notre Dame. All eyes will be on that one. And if Cincinnati wins, not only will a committee believe that they might deserve a spot if they run the table, but the nation will believe they deserve a spot. Absolutely. Notre Dame in a big spot here versus Wisconsin. Yeah. But the problem is, is Wisconsin's looking to play ruiner. They're looking to play upset. Yeah. 
This one is tough for me. I'm sure Notre Dame's going to be not. favored. To me, Notre Dame gets the job done. Notre Dame. It's, it's Notre Dame. It's Notre I know, Dame. but it's just scary. The plan. I just set the plan in motion for you, right? Yeah. The best laid plans. We know. We know what happens to the best laid plans. Wisconsin is looking to absolutely implode this thing, because let's be honest, a Notre, Notre Dame, Dame loss hurts Cincinnati. Yeah, hurts very much bad. so. But it's Notre Dame. No, no, Notre Dame wins. That's the pick. But that's. I don't. I don't care. I don't care. It's Notre Dame. You know why? Graham Mertz is Wisconsin's quarterback. Here we Graham go. Mertz is the worst quarterback at a major Power Five school. Jack Cohn's also coming home to Wisconsin. Put Notre, like put Notre Dame at ten. Uh, yeah, absolutely. No I, shot. I will never. I've made this. I've made this the other week when they. We, who do who do we pick? Was it Penn State, Wisconsin? Penn State, Wisconsin. I said this after Penn State, Wisconsin. He lost I by six. Not, and this man's. I will this not pick a Wisconsin again. Graham Mertz threw two picks in that game. He didn't even throw a touchdown. It's 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 Notre Dame. Jack Cohn has a good game coming back to his school former school. I think I think Notre Dame takes this pretty. Not, that's a that's a big storyline too. Yeah. Is Jack Cohn going up against Wisconsin saying, "Listen here, brothers." I'm back. Coming out that high, just Notre Dame wins this game. It's it's not by ten. I give them at least a touchdown win though. I give it a one score game. I agree. Give me six. Notre Dame gets the win and looks forward to Cincinnati. Don't get caught sleeping though. Wisconsin yeah. plays defense. Yeah. And Notre Dame, let's be honest, against Purdue, against FSU, they've looked hu- very very human yeah. against a very bad FSU team. Now yeah. it looks like. Oh yeah. So you better buckle your chin strap because yeah. you ain't gonna sleepwalk through it. Don't no. get caught looking ahead. Week four looks pretty good, yeah. though. My heart rate's coming down a little bit. Two I things I'm so, very dude. passionate about. Georgia when you started, when you, when you started, go, when you started going in on, on Notre Dame, I was like, do you know something I don't know? But then I remembered your loath for uh, Graham Mertz there. Absolutely. All right, man. So you can find us. That'll, that'll wrap it up. Yeah, that you know, will. G- exhausting week three. Yep. Chaos. We, we said it, I think, three times last episode. Chaos is here. Chaos will continue. And chaos certainly showed up. Absolutely. I think you see it more and more every week. Yep. If you're picking football, for, it's like when Goldberg landed his first spear. Grab your ankles, tuck your chin, and hold on, pal, because you're about to get hit pretty hard. Jordan, where can the people find you? Harris underscore six, Instagram, Twitter. I think I'm going grocery shopping in a little bit, so you can find me at Publix then. I got to do the same. We got to go grocery shopping. Find me at Sam's in a little bit. At Connor Chandler on Twitter at Connor Mason Chandler on Instagram, but we, our Twitter is booming. We cannot thank y'all enough. Twitter and Facebook, but Twitter is at B Brothers Pod. That's B, full word, Brothers, P-O-D. You can find us there tweeting all the, all week. Hey, throw in a prediction, throw in a hot take. If you're right, you're going to get a shout out because we, we, we're just fans talking. We like the the uh, the conversations to be had there. All right, man. Enjoy, uh, enjoy week four coming up. We will see y'all next Monday. And as always, we are the Bash Brothers, signing off. Yerp.